Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Broadcast Studio, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary with a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me online, social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. It is a Fights and Football Friday. We have your preview of Championship Sunday in the National Football League with a bit of UFC talk mixed in as well. And of course, we will close the show with today's ticket. So thank you all so much for tuning in today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! What a weekend for the UFC as uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship with a wild, wild weekend that sees Jamal Hill claim the Light Heavyweight Championship, a unanimous decision victory. Um, as he claims this one over Glover Teixeira. And look, I thought if this fight was going to... First of all, I thought this fight was going the way of Glover Teixeira. And then, if this fight wasn't going the way of Glover Teixeira, I thought for sure it was going... Um, if it was going to a decision, it was going to be for, for Glover Teixeira. And so for Jamal Hill to outpoint and just beat up Glover Teixeira in that way, um, <laughs> it, it feels weird. Hey, that fight where he won the title, yeah, that's where, uh, it, that was the biggest fight of his career. But th- this is the most impressed I've been with Jamal Hill to this point. I was a little, I thought it was a little questionable that he was going to, um, that he was going to get this the, this opportunity. I, I thought it was a bit too soon for him, but to be able to do that to one of the, the greats, really, of this sport is truly remarkable and incredibly impressive. So um, all, all, all due respect to Jamal Hill. And now I get into this interesting dilemma because I don't know I feel like when we get around to that time, I'm gonna uh, where Jamal Hill is fighting again, whether it's against Blahovich or whether it's against Yuri Prohachka, I, I'm going to get into that mode of ah, well, he did it to a 43 year old Glover to share. I don't think he can do this again. Um, so it's a weird spot because I feel like I have that with a few of the champions now in the UFC. Just announced um, Israel Adesanya against Alex Perea again, um, and uh, going into this one, I'm like yeah, is he's just a better fighter? Like Perea, got, Perea got him. Um, it's weird to have that in a couple of weight classes now in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So, but for for all all credit to Jamal Hill, this was his night, and he comes away with a gigantic uh, victory. The holdup in the flyweight division is now over as Brandon Moreno wins by doctor stoppage over Davison Figueredo. Um, the this one comes at uh, the five minute mark of the third round, as it says uh, on there. Um, I mean, this will, I mean, one of the great fly, the great flyweight rivalry of all time. The issue kind of becomes now, what is next for this division, right? Because all of this has been going on, but there hasn't really been that next guy to come in and be like, hey, this is mine. That this is mine. Like Alex Pantoja um, is the the next one up in the rankings. He is the the number two ranked fighter right now. Um, and you look at the record. It just the, the, there isn't anyone like 
He has won, what is it here? One, two, three, four, five in a row. He has finished three of those. So that's fine, but no one's really jumped out as, hey, this is the next challenger. That This is the next guy to, to kind of step in. While these dudes have been fighting it out, they've kind of been killing guys off. Like P Pantoja beat Brandon Royval, who is at number four. At number three is Kaikara France. Well, he lost to Brandon Moreno in an interim title fight. Like, no one has risen above the rest. You've just kind of seen how middle of the pack everything else is um, in the flyweight division. So I, I think Moreno is probably going to have a, a decently length title run right now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what comes next from this one. Aside from this, Gilbert Burns uh, picks up a submission win over Neil Magny, Jessica Andrade with a convincing unanimous decision win over Lauren Murphy. Johnny Walker wins by knockout. And on the prelims, Mauricio Shogun, who has career comes to an end with a knockout loss in the first round in Brazil. Um, unfortunate that, that that is the way that it goes. I talked last week about my kind of affinity for Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, so next now for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, there is nothing this weekend, I don't believe, anyway, for the UFC. Uh, and then a couple of interesting things. On, on September, geez, on February 4th, it is Derek Lewis taking on Sergei Spivak in the heavyweight division. But over on CBS... Bellator has a card with uh, Fedor taking on Ryan Bader. Um, this would be for the Bellator Heavyweight Championship. It has been said that this is going to be the swan song for um, The Last Emperor, Fedor Emelianenko, for the Heavyweight Championship. We, we will see if that is actually the case. Uh, just trying to pull up. Do we have the fight card for this one? It's officially Bellator 290. Um, but this is a big deal. Like Bellator, th this feels kind of like what, um, when Strikeforce got on again with Fedor, it, it still feels like an event with Fedor getting onto this card. It's interesting that it is only three fights on this main card. And when you look at it, like these aren't the guys necessarily that you want to be highlighting. Um, but you like, you have the middleweight championship on the line with Johnny Eblen, um, defending his title like that. This is it's it's built around Fedor against Ryan Bader, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what Bellator is able to do coming off of this one. Um, and then the following week, the UFC is back. They always have a fight card Super Bowl weekend, and they are doing it again with uh, two titles on the line. First, it'll be Islam Makashev taking on Alexander Volkanovsky in Perth, Australia. This is for the lightweight championship. So Volkanovsky looking to become a champ, champ, and then the interim featherweight championship on the line with Yara Rodriguez taking on Josh Emmett. Uh, so we'll have full breakdowns of those leading up to the fight card on Super Bowl weekend. So speaking of the Super Bowl, we find out who the participants in that are going to be, and we'll break that all down when we come back. music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. It is time to preview the NFL's version of the Final Four. And I have to say what a treat it has been analyzing these two games this week. Like there isn't a a Cinderella where ah, this team maybe doesn't deserve to be here. These are four exceptional championship worthy 
combatants going head to head. The the spread in the NFC title game is two and a half, and that's the biggest odds of the weekend. This is going to be, this has been such a puzzle trying to figure out how I think these games are going to go. Quickly though, um, it has been brought to my attention. I throw out DVA, DVOA a lot and I don't actually explain it. So just quickly from, this is directly from the Football Outsiders website. I want to explain to you this DVOA set that I've been using all season long. DVOA is a method of evaluating teams, units, or players. It takes every single play during the NFL season and compares each one to a league average baseline based on situation. DVOA uh, measures not not just yardage, but yardage towards a first down. Five yards on third and four are worth more than five yards in first and ten, and much more than five yards in third and twelve. Red zone plays are worth more than other plays. Performance is also adjusted for the quality of opponent. DVOA is a percentage, so a team with a DVOA of 10% is 10% better than the average team, and a quarterback with a DVOA of minus 20 is 20% worse than the average quarterback. Because DVOA measures scoring, defenses are better when they are negative. Um, there, there is a much more detailed explanation of all of it. Um, but also part of it is that it weights some of the, like the most recent games a bit more heavily than like weeks one, two, and three. So that's why it, it's good. Cause it's just, it's an ever changing, uh, I guess, marker and, uh, an ever changing look at how the season has gone. So that's a, a bit of an explanation as to the, the stat that I've been using. Let's, um, first let's look at the best possible Super Bowl outcomes that we could get. So there's four of them, obviously. Four teams left. Um, we'll start from four to one. I think, and look, all of these are great. I think the worst possible Super Bowl we could get would be Eagles against Cincinnati. And I, 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 I don't know why. Um, quite frankly, like it, all of these are so intriguing and all of these would be so much fun. There isn't as much like kind of backstory behind, um, these, uh, behind this one, I guess necessarily as there would be with some other ones. But if this was the Super Bowl we got, boy, that would be a lot of fun. The next one would be San Francisco against Cincinnati, which if you were listening during our accountability week, when I was off in Mexico, um, we put a little bit of a sprinkle on San Francisco and on Cincinnati to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, and so we feel pretty good about where we're at right now with both of those teams uh, still in line. But again, this one just wouldn't have the, the same kind of storylines. San Francisco against Kansas City. Um, a, it's a rematch of a, a Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes had, uh, the, the Super Bowl title that he won. And... I just think it would be a lot of fun. And then number one, I think it's pretty obvious. It's Philadelphia against Kansas City because it would be Andy Reid against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like that that one, when I was putting that list together, and look, clearly there wasn't a whole lot of thought there because all of these are great potential matchups that we are going to get. I just think the best one is so clearly Philadelphia against Kansas City because of the potential Andy Reid bowl there. Um, who needs it more? Like obviously all of them want it, and they all need it to a certain extent, but... Ranking who needs this one more from four to one. At four, I'm going to put Philadelphia. This feels like just the start of big things, especially with Jalen Hurts. Um, like, this is this is their first rodeo, you know? So th there isn't a whole lot of pressure on Philadelphia, aside from internal and in the city, right? Like, Philadelphia just had the Phillies make it to the World Series and fall short. 
that would be disappointing for the Eagles to, to do that again. Although I'm sure a number of cities weep, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the Bengals don't have that problem. Yeah. The Reds came really close to 70 wins this year. Um, but Cincinnati is at number three, a bit more pressure than Philadelphia. Cause you don't want to get to this point back to back years with a young quarterback, um, and with a roster that's going to start to get a bit more expensive and not take full advantage of it. So I put them at three. I put Kansas City at two. I thought about putting them at one, but I think Kansas City is at two. And so that means San Francisco is at one. San Francisco, a lot of it is on Kyle Shanahan because of how close he has got number of times to hoisting the Lombardi trophy up 28 to three as an uh, offensive coordinator with the Falcons before they did that thing against the New England Patriots, um, getting again into a Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, um, getting to an NFC title game. Like they've been around it for so long. It feels like they need to, to kind of break through um, with this group. And I, the reason I put Kansas City at two is because they have already won one. But then you look at it like this would be, this is five straight AFC championships for Patrick Mahomes to come out of that with only one Super Bowl, which again, the rest of the league weeps. But to come out of that with only one Super Bowl, it starts to become like Atlanta Braves-ish. It actually is exactly Atlanta Braves when they, after they won in 95, um, where they were in the World Series all of the time and just kept coming up short. So, um... I, I still have Kansas City at two. All right, the game previews for this. Cincinnati taking on Kansas City. I think the big question in this game is obvious. How healthy is Patrick Mahomes? And then I, I've been thinking about it all week. How much would that matter? I mean, from a football standpoint, it would matter a lot, right? Like from the, the actual game on the field, it changes dramatically if one of the quarterbacks only has one leg that's working. Like that's, that's obvious. But Patrick Mahomes was healthy last year. And Cincinnati beat them. They've been healthy. He's been healthy as far as I know. Every time Joe Burrow has played Kansas City. And he is undefeated against the Chiefs in his career. So I, I keep going back and forth on this. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know where I'm going. There is a part of me that wants to just hedge and just go, yeah, I'm going Kansas City and Philly because I already have tickets on Cincinnati and San Francisco to make it to the Super Bowl. So why not? I'm a winner no matter what. Um, is kind of the way I would look at that, but that's not the analysis we provide on this smart sports talk program. Um, I've been going back and forth on this because even if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, this is not easy. Looking at the statistical breakdown, Cincinnati fifth in the league in DVOA. So that's the one that ranks the entire team on offense. They're fourth defense, 11th Kansas city. Fourth in DVOA, the number one ranked offense in terms of uh, DVOA. This is the problem, though. 17th in defense. I think there's a lot of focus right now on how healthy is Patrick Mahomes. I think there needs to be a little bit more focus on how can Kansas City stop Joe Burrow. And then that does kind of tie into the health of Mahomes. Is he going to be able to keep up with what this offense does? There's a lot of concerns about the offensive line, which is an evergreen comment about the Cincinnati Bengals. And we've kind of just forgotten about it because it's just always been there and they keep winning. Last week, it wasn't a factor, but Buffalo has not been able to get after the quarterback since Von Miller went down with an injury. Kansas City, if they can pressure Joe Burrow, which it, up to this point, pressure doesn't seem to bother the kid, but it doesn't matter if you're bothered while you're getting thrown to the turf. I, I just, that is the most intriguing part of this. Can Kansas City get to Joe Burrow and disrupt the offense that way? Can they finally make the Bengals pay for the issues they have on the offensive line? Basically, it hasn't happened 
aside from Aaron Donald in the last two minutes of the Super Bowl, they like Burrow's been hit a bunch, but they keep winning. Does it matter in this game how the offensive line is? On the defensive side of things for uh, for Cincinnati, again, that defense was 11th ranked, so not um, not unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. How do they play Patrick Mahomes? I, I would imagine watching Travis Kelty, uh, Kelsey torch the Jags for 14 receptions in the last game, Kelsey's going to be a major focus of the, the game plan. I just, the, the chess match in this game is so incredibly interesting. We'll get to the pick coming up in today's ticket. The NFC title game, San Francisco taking on Philadelphia. The the analysis for me on this one is a little bit more simple. So we'll get into the statistical breakdown. Philadelphia, third in DVOA, third in offense, sixth in defense. San Francisco, second in DVOA, sixth in offense, first in defense. This feels like the SEC title game. And not in that, well, the winner's going to win the Super Bowl. But... Maybe the SEC title game is a bit of a stretch. This feels like the Big Ten title game, where, and for people who don't follow college football, those distinctions are dumb, but these two teams look, on paper, and from the eye test, phenomenal. I had both these, I think I had both these teams, as among my most talented NFL teams in the, when we were doing the previews at the start of the season. Now they are here. I obviously, obviously think very highly of them. They have not really been tested a whole lot this season. Um, let's pull up the Philadelphia Eagles schedule here. Like they, they, they have benefited from a bit of a softer schedule. And again, I think they are a very good football team. However, they play a lot of not very good football teams. Let's just the, do the whole season here. Uh, week one, Detroit. Week two, Minnesota. Week three, Washington. Week four, Jacksonville. Right. Week five, Arizona. Week six, Dallas. Okay, that's a team. That's a team. Buying week seven. Week eight, Pittsburgh. Week nine, Houston. Week 10, Washington. Week 11, Indianapolis. Week 12, Green Bay. Week 13, Tennessee, who they just ruined. Week 14, the Giants. 15, the Bears. 16, the the Cowboys again. Okay, okay. Um, And then week 17 with Gardner Minshew uh, against New Orleans. And then week 18 against the Giants before they just whooped on the Giants in the postseason. There's like one good team in there, right? And that's been the issue the whole season, that this isn't just the Giants thing. Uh, Sorry, this isn't just an Eagles thing, but that there is one team in there where you feel like, all right, that that is a measuring stick. Now we know what we think we know about this Philadelphia Eagles team. And the the same thing kind of goes for the the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Pulling up their schedule here. Oh, they have a tab on their website for podcasts, not just podcasts. Anyway... Um, week one, Bears, which they lost. It was a downpour there. Week two, Seattle. Week three, Denver. Week four, the Rams. Week five, the Panthers. Week six, the Falcons. Week seven, Kansas City. Okay. Lost to Kansas City, 44-23. Week eight, the Rams. Week nine, bye. Week 10, the Chargers. That's kind of a team, maybe. Eh. Week 11, Arizona. Week 12, New Orleans. Week 13, the Dolphins. That's kind of a team. Uh, week 14, Tampa Bay, week 15, Seattle, 16, Washington, 17, the Raiders, 18, Arizona. And then in the postseason here, it was Seattle and then Dallas. So again, very little in terms of real tests for either of these teams. So you're really basing any of your analysis off of a couple of key games that these teams played throughout the season. So it gets very difficult to, to assess what 
in these numbers is for real. The thing that is very interesting, San Francisco, one of the best in the league at defending the run. Philadelphia this year has proven they're more than just a running team, but with Jalen Hurts being a little bit banged up, is he going to be able to hold up to just be able to pass this team to the Super Bowl? On the San Francisco side of things, can Brock Purdy go into Philadelphia, one of the most difficult sporting towns in the world, to go into and pick up a win? Can he, in like his 10th ever start, go in there and do that? And are the weapons around him as such that it doesn't really matter? That, again, this one has been very fascinating, but to me, like I, I feel like both teams are very even. In different ways. Um which is a weird way to say that, but like Debo Samuel is different than AJ Brown, but that those two guys kind of make them even, um, the running backs like Christian McCaffrey is far superior to Miles Sanders. But when you're looking at the running game, Jalen hurts can add his two cents into that, which I think makes him equal on the defensive side of things. There are a couple of game wreckers on both teams. Like it feels so incredibly even. And then you get to the quarterbacks and it just doesn't, um, there were some decisions that Purdy made against the Dallas Cowboys that were kind of, oh, you're a little overwhelmed by this moment. And whether it was a drop pick or whatever, you got away with that one. And those things happen. Again, I'm not holding that against them. But in this game, going up against Jalen Hurts, who might win the MVP this year, that feels like the biggest part that is weighing one side of this to the other. And so I think you know where I'm going to go. But we'll make our official predictions now coming up on today's ticket presented by... Bet stamp. The studio sponsor for Coach Potato Diary is Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all your cleaning needs. All right, it is time. Today's ticket presented by Betstamp. Download the Betstamp app, use the referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. Um, let's take a look. So far this season in the NFL, we have a positive return on investment. We are at a positive 5.7 ROI. Uh, we only really put five bucks on these, so um, that means we have a return on investment of $14. So, woohoo! Um, the, the rest of the sports, we have some work to do. The CFL one looks real bad. Um, the, the baseball one, 100% negative return on investment because we lost the one game we bet on with the, the bet stamp app. You started this thing in November. It was one World Series game um, that didn't necessarily go our way. But th this is what you can see, and this is the value that it has. You know what? We need to work a little bit on our baseball next year. We need to work a little bit on our Canadian Football League next year because we went one and two on the, the three games that we put on here. Um, I kept thinking Toronto was going to fall off, and it kept not happening. So, um, but this is the value of it. And we'll, we'll go again through this, and you can see the value of having multiple different sports books and seeing all of the different lines that are available to you on the BetStamp app. Download the BetStamp app, use the referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. Uh, we will start in the 1 o'clock game. It is the Eagles taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, we are going with the Eagles in this game. Most of the books actually have them at minus 2.5. If you're looking to take the San Francisco side, there's a couple of books that hit the key number of 3. Bet 99 and 20 bet each have um, the, the, the San Francisco 49ers at that key number 
number of three. So if you wanted to do a seven-point teaser with this one, because I do think it'd be close, having San Francisco going up through the key number of seven at the key number of 10 would be really, really beneficial to you. But we are going to go with Betway's number of minus two and a half for the Philadelphia Eagles. We are also going to do a couple of player props in this game. We are going to go with Christian McCaffrey, uh, and we are going to go rushing yards for him. There's a bit of concern around Elijah Mitchell, and that has a bit of concern for me, but I do also think Philadelphia's run defense is just quite good. Um, and so I, I think McCaffrey gets under uh, the best number to get that. Excuse me. Yeah, the best number to get that at is at power play. Um, oh, maybe it isn't. No, no. Well, that's the highest number at 60. Uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to go with that one. Um, there's a couple that have it at 57 and a half. Betway has it at 59 and a half at minus 50, uh, minus 115. So we are getting it at a bit of a better number there. So you know what? We'll take the extra yard. We will go with Betway to get the better number, to get the bit of a better return on the investment. We're going to go one more player prop in this game. We are going to go Jalen Hurts. Uh, pass attempts right now is at 32 and a half. Uh, do we have completions? Yes, we do. Completions is at 21 and a half. I feel better about this one. Um, I think this goes over 21 and a half. Again, I think they're going to have to throw to be able to beat the, the San Francisco 49ers. The best number to get this at, or the best place to get this at is at bet 99, where they have it at 21 and a half at minus 115. So we will click on that one. Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and again, there is a part of me, and honestly, I probably will sprinkle a bit on it, but there's part of me that just wants to go Kansas City to win straight up to um, to have all my bases covered going into this game, but I just, I, do, I just think Cincinnati is going to do it. I just think right now they, they have Mahomes kind of figured out. They have Mahomes on one leg. Even if he wasn't on one leg, I don't know if it would matter. The best number to get Cincinnati at, we're just going to go straight money line. We are going to go Cincinnati on the money line. The best place to do that at is Cool Bet with the plus 110. The, there's a couple places. Um, Tony Bet has them at minus 102. Uh, there's some places that have them right at plus 100, plus 105, but Cool Bet has them at plus 110. So that is the number we are going to get them at. So to recap, at Cool Bet, it is the Bengals, plus 110. At Bet 99, it is Jalen Hurts. Um, oh, did I click under? I meant over 21 and a half. Uh, so we have to go back to that one and take a look at that before we, we go clicking on things here because I uh, want to make sure that we track these correctly. We're, we're, we have a positive return on investment. I couldn't possibly have that be affected uh, going into this one. Completions. Yeah, okay, we picked over. Uh, all right. It is over 21 and a half completions for Jalen Hurts at bet 99 at Betway. It is Christian McCaffrey under 59 and a half rushing yards. And it is at Betway again, the Philadelphia Eagles minus two and a half to beat the Philadelphia or to beat the San Francisco 49ers, which means I have the Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals, my worst of the possible matchups in this year's Super Bowl. All right, that is going to do it for your Fights in Football Friday. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Download um, the Bet Stamp app, use referral code COUCH to let them know that we sent you. Shout out Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary. Um, this week, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, so we have a bonus show coming out for you tomorrow. I was on the Fresh Take Network talking about the Royal Rumble, so we will have that podcast available for you. Um... That one's coming out on Saturday, and I might sprinkle in a today's ticket on the back end of that. 
As far as what else is coming for the next week or so, it is a little bit up in the air right now. Uh, we are having some people over for the Royal Rumble, and then we are on uh, helping out with some babysitting over the weekend. And then, as you may have heard, um, I am in the very smallest of ways back uh, doing some stuff with Sportsnet 960. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to be on, um, we're calling it Sportsnet Today, uh, starting at 4 o'clock on Sportsnet 960, the fan in Calgary. So... Um, I'm, I'm working my regular job and that one as well. So the podcast going to take, I think, a brief pause for those three days. And then we'll try to come back hot and heavy to, to close the week. So it, it's like this week where instead of sick, I'm just working at another place. So uh, thank you all for uh, all of the support. It's been noticed by those guys. And that's why I'm back, uh, among a number of other reasons. I'm just very nice to deal with. But uh, thank you for all the support on this podcast. We're really trying to grow this thing. Seeing the numbers go up, uh, it just it does the heart good. So let's keep that rolling. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you all later. I'm out.